I can't help it. My favorite part of that exchange is still me attempting to get his attention. Sir, 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 come back here, sir. <laughs> Ultimately, we just had to cut him off because he wouldn't stop talking about these theories that the earth is flat, uh, that the sun and moon are the same size, that it's all a conspiracy, everything we've been fed through science. Forget the photos. I mean, forget forget any of that. Those don't matter. Those are obviously fabricated. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, <laughs> that's just one of the, the sources of entertainment that have emanated from Kyrie Irving while we're talking about the sun and the moon and the stars. So we are asking you in light of now the final chapter of the Nets saga with Kyrie, not with KD. So I guess when I ask you the question of was it worth it for the Nets to bring this duo in, Summer of 2019, knowing that KD was going to miss the entire upcoming season, Kyrie didn't make it through the entire season either. He had injuries, and then he chose to sit out the bubble. The Nets played the majority of that first season without them, but paid them handsomely. Then you had the strange 2020 season. Well, 2021, sorry. In which there were still more injuries. Harden was brought on board, right? There's still more injuries. That was when Spencer Dinwiddie was was uh, traded away, right? He got hurt, and he was shipped out in August of 21, if I remember correctly. And so they get rid of him, which now he's back. He has this strange journey between Washington and Dallas. He comes back in this trade. So I guess there's a positive piece if you're looking for positives. Harden last year, it just went off the rails very quickly. The relationship soured and Harden didn't love all the drama with Kyrie. So the 21 season, 21-22, again, the one that started late, well, I guess it was 2021. See, this is what happens when you get the whole bubble thing that happened in the fall. Lakers won that title. They didn't start till well, almost Christmas the next season. That was technically the 2021 season, though most of it was played in 21. That was the year in which the the arenas were empty, right? So a shorter season, the playoffs run until, what is it, July? So they were running even a month behind, even shortening the season and cramming in as many games as they possibly could. That was the year that there were no fans until, what, like, Deep into the playoffs, they started allowing some fans. We got to see the arenas full again. Jay, that's the year that they lost to Milwaukee, right? The 21 playoffs. They got to the second round. They had that incredible, well, Milwaukee collapsed in game, was it game five? But the Nets, remind me how many points the the Nets were down. And they came back in game number five. Don't remember exactly, but yeah, that was... Would you mind looking it up when you have a chance? (laughs) (laughs) But that was game five, right? That was... That was the one in which they were on the cusp of getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. But the, the Bucks rally. They come back in game six at home and then have to win on the road in Brooklyn. Brooklyn was the higher seed in game seven. And so the, the Nets had 
two opportunities to close out the Bucks, who eventually become the NBA champions. That's the 21 season. Then you go into the offseason. They think they're going to all be healthy. We're, we're going to build on that. We're going to make sure that failure wasn't in vain. And the 21-22 season, they don't even get all the way through it before James Harden is traded. And once again, you've got injuries. You've got Kyrie out the first half of the year because of his vaccination status. I mean, it was, it never was peaceful from the point at which they made the trade. It was never peaceful. It was never calm. And it rarely seemed like the focus was on basketball. It was always something. And that's not a great way to operate a business, much less a franchise that is in a competitive space. And so they went through a lot of iterations. They made a lot of changes. There were there were three trade requests from their three stars within the span of 12 months. Steve Nash gets hired and fired. Jacques Vaughn gets promoted, fired, hired again. I mean, just what are you doing? All of that with one playoff series win and a lot of money spent. So I'm, I'm trying to look at the positives. KD signed a long-term deal. He's still in Brooklyn. He's one of the best players on the planet, and he's still in Brooklyn. I guess you could say they corrected the James Harden problem relatively quickly. I mean, at least they were willing to cut bait there. But in terms of actual substantial wins and actual substantial progress toward their goal, was there any? Was it sustainable? There's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of hype. Ultimately, the Nets got more attention for all the wrong reasons. So you can answer our question on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or my Twitter, A-Law Radio, and then also on our Facebook page. If you missed our conversation with Brian Lewis, great insight from the New York Post beat writer. He's been on the show a bunch. I had to apologize to him because it seems like he's only ever on the show when there's drama unfolding. But he said that's how they do. (laughs) So we'll replay part of that next hour for our early morning audience. But if you missed it, it will be fully podcasted. By itself, we podcast all of our guests separately. We've got some great guests lined up for you this week, too. Believe it or not, a current member of the Dallas Cowboys will join us this week. I'm not going to tell you who. It's going to be a surprise. Uh, And also, J.C. Treader, who is, is his title president of the NFLPA, but he's the player head of the NFLPA. And I'm a big fan of him, of his, excuse me. I think he's smart. It is president. I love that he is measured and he brings maturity and calm. But you can tell beyond that, underneath that, there's a fierce determination to fight for players' rights and for what the players need. And so, yes, he was reelected a year ago as the president of the NFL Players Association. Longtime Browns center as well. 
He was. So that's a, a conversation we're looking forward to. I've never had a chance to talk to him specifically. And this is one that we worked pretty hard to get. So we're excited about that. That's coming up on Thursday. And then, as I say, a current Dallas Cowboys player. At, uh, we don't have a date for him yet, but sometime this week. And we're also going to be tracking LeBron because LeBron is 36 points away from setting the all-time scoring record. Whether it's Tuesday or Thursday, and I hope it's this week. I really do because he's home and it would be great for the Lakers fans. But also, think about the spectacle on Hollywood. They just got done with the Grammys where Bay reigned. And now they're heading into a week in which LeBron James is all the rage. We're going to have to Google at some point, Jay, and figure out what the average ticket price is to get inside Staples Center. Because last week, when they still had two road games, the average ticket prices were upwards of $1,300. So at some point, we'll have to see. I dare say that'll be a topic of conversation as well. So a lot happening this week, even as we march toward the Super Bowl. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Also as part of our Super Bowl coverage, something we've never done before. So starting decade number two of my Super Bowl post-game shows here with CBS Sports Radio. It really is an honor. I love being on the air after the Super Bowl, even though it means I don't go to parties and I watch the Super Bowl by myself. <laughs> Anyway, doesn't matter. I get to come here and do the show afterwards. So, as we turn the page and turn the corner to a new decade, we wanted to do something fresh and new. And we decided on a Super 6 Super Bowl video series. Super 6. And we've already got the first one on our YouTube channel. It's a Super Bowl edition of Ask Amy Anything. There's a furry critter that makes a cameo. I had no idea it was happening behind me. I've got a special hat on in honor of the occasion. Jay fielded your questions, posed them to me. We laughed. We cried or we talked about crying. It was fun. I enjoyed it. So that was the first edition. It's on our YouTube channel. We're not going to use YouTube for all the, the videos, though. That's not how it's going to work. Nope. Instead, we're going to make it a bit of a scavenger hunt. So I'm telling you that tonight's video is on YouTube after hours with Amy Lawrence. And then coming up, we'll use a different one of our social media sites, our social medias, our social media, media is plural. We'll use a different one of our social media to do a different video. And we've come up with a bunch of different topics. <laughs> this one's kind of funny, actually. I don't mind telling you. I won't tell you the topic ahead of time every night. But for Monday night, our topic is Super Bowl snoozers. <laughs> if you fall asleep during the Super Bowl, you know. Well, you could just have a really full stomach and have had too much to drink, actually. <laughs> Very possible. I kind of feel like there's a good chance Jay could fall asleep during the Super Bowl. If he's laying on his couch, his comfy couch, he swears that he doesn't ever want to fall asleep on the couch, and yet the the, the number of 
times that he does lay down on the couch knowing that it's going to happen. I don't know. I, actions speak louder than words. The hope is that it doesn't, but it just sometimes, I don't know. It's just You can't fight it. It's just something in the air. Yes, you can by not laying prone on the couch. But what am I going to do? Sit like straight up on the couch when I'm watching a movie or watching a show? I got to be comfortable. I'm comfortable in my chair. I know. I wish I had like a chair like yours. No, That's a nice chair. No, you can't have it. Uh, so our Super Bowl snoozers, whether they put you to sleep or you made jokes about them putting you to sleep. Either way, that's our, our topic for what will be Monday night into Tuesday morning of our Super 6 series. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. I, I uh, got a lot of you on my social over the weekend, and actually I didn't put this on Facebook. Again, this is this is the meta problem. They won't allow me into my own Facebook page. <laughs> so, so I use J's. Anyway, uh, so we knew we were having a cold snap in the Northeast. And honestly, it wasn't just the Northeast. It was really this cold front that marched across the upper Midwest. I know uh, my family in Northeast Ohio, they were dealing with extreme cold. So there, there has been this front marching across the country and it hit the northeast on friday and so the temperatures instead of rising during the daytime friday in my neighborhood were dropping 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 the wind was picking up and when i went to bed on friday night and i went to bed pretty late later than i should have when i went to bed the temp was in the single digits and the wind chills were about minus 13 minus 14 when i woke up Again, the temps were just dropping, dropping. Saturday was extreme cold to the point where they said to you, it's dangerous cold. You don't want to be outside and be exposed very often. This is the kind of cold that you can succumb to. Uh, hypothermia, you know, exposure, frostbite, that kind of thing. And so when I woke up and really excited that I woke up and had to go walk the dog, zero degrees, minus 18 wind chills. So Penny loves the cold. Her mama doesn't mind the cold, but cannot deal with the cold as well as she can. You wouldn't even know. You'd think the dog was trotting around like it's in the 50s. Bring the dog out. Actually, she gets hot when it's in the 50s with her heavy Australian shepherd coat. So there is a photo just to prove to you that I throw fashion to the wayside when it comes to walking the dog in minus 18, which, by the way, is not our record. The, my record, and I remember this distinctly, when it was, how it was. Minus 26 degree wind chills is the record for a dog walk for me in a dog walk, not for the world. I don't think it's Guinness Book of World Records since dogs also have to walk in Antarctica. But anyway, (laughs) I knew we were headed that direction because of Friday afternoon when the wind chills were below zero. As I said, even in bright sunshine, I was the only one in my neighborhood out walking the dog. Nobody else was out except for this one poor sad guy who I know doesn't have a car. So he was walking back from it looked like the store because he had a he had a shopping bag with him. And poor guy, he he barely speak. I said hello, and he's like, Mrr. anyway. I was the only one outside with a dog on Friday afternoon, and this was before it got uh, brutally cold. So Penny's idea of heaven, and then I shared a photo. I definitely blame Penny for that fashion statement. But if you're going to be outside in 16 to 18 degree wind chills for 20 minutes, well, forget fashion. Also, the scarf that I'm wearing, mom made it. So, you know, it was 
a fashion statement within a fashion statement. Uh, so you can check that out on my Twitter, A Law Radio. Maybe, just maybe. I will put that photo up on Facebook. Though we have a lot happening on Facebook right now, so you can check it out on Twitter if you want to. Uh, just funny enough how 18 degrees, like positive 18 degrees on Sunday morning felt like springtime. It was amazing. The The wind had died down, and so I went out to walk Penn Sunday morning before church. 18 degrees, and I felt like I had stepped into a new world. And then by the afternoon, it was 40 degrees warmer than it was the day before. That is jarring. So it was quite the weekend. I hope those of you who are in cold weather, you survived. Again, I don't mind the cold. It's just having to walk the dog for 20 minutes when she's in no hurry is, uh, well, it requires drastic measures. You know, this is not going to be for the faint of heart. <laughs> so check out my drastic measures on Twitter. Again, A-Law Radio. I don't mind what I look like. I'm just telling you my eyeballs were cold. That's all I'm going to say. All right. And while you're there, you can go ahead and answer our question. Was it worth it? I've kind of been musing back and forth. Was it worth it to bring in Kyrie and KD in 2019 now knowing what would transpire? All right. Straight ahead. Derek Carr gets his moment, his swan song, his au revoir to Vegas. Courtesy of Peyton Manning. And also, Josh says it's not called Staples anymore. I don't, I mean, I don't really care, but if you want to tell me what the actual name is, that's totally fine. I call stadiums by their wrong names all the damn time. I can't keep up. And also, I don't get paid by the companies that buy the rights, so. (laughs) It's the arena where the Lakers and the Clippers play. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Carr, play action again. Looking downfield. Lofts it near corner. Adams wide open at the five. He walks in and the Raiders walk off with a win. Touchdown Devontae Adams to win it here in Denver. When you don't you know, do your best, you let, let your team down, let, let your organization, the fans down, it, it hurts, you know, it breaks your heart. But, you know, at the end of the day, nobody cares. You get back up and you keep going. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Jason Horowitz on Raiders Radio. Now, we know how things came apart at the end for the Raiders. It was not a great year for Derek Carr offensively in the first Uh, season under Josh McDaniels and the Josh McDaniels system. Uh, But also it wasn't a great year for Josh McDaniels in trying to establish his own blueprint with the Raiders. They came nowhere close to the playoffs. Um, And ultimately, despite all the weapons that they have, the offense was disjointed and did not offer a buffer to a defense that did not live up to expectations. Stop me if you've heard this before. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Producer Jay, if you could, would you go back and when you have an opportunity, grab the Derek Carr from, I think it was Thursday, when he was in Vegas because the Pro Bowl games began going back to last week uh, and kind of ran through the weekend. And, And these were really Derek Carr's first public comments 
He had tweeted about the exit with Vegas. He had been inundated with media requests to share his side of the story. He ultimately chose not to, and the team sent him away, saying he would be a distraction. In fact, they tried to claim that Derek Carr agreed to leave, which is total BS because if you know Derek Carr, no matter how bad he's hurting, it's always team first. So the whole thing was smokescreen by the Raiders. Essentially, they sent him away because they want to trade him and they were worried he would get hurt. So Derek Carr was treated horribly at the end by a franchise for which he has dedicated nearly a decade of his career. He's given it heart, soul, blood, sweat, and yes, a lot of tears. He's that kind of guy. I mean, I I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad, so I get it. They did him wrong. Even in the context of a business, they still treated him poorly. And so this was finally his reaction, his response on Thursday. I'm thankful for my time here in Las Vegas and in Oakland. Um, and I'll always be thankful and grateful. But it comes a time when it's just it's time to move on. And um, that's this time. And so um, I'm excited. Can't wait to see where God takes us next. I'm going to give that city everything that I have. Um, but for, for just one more time, you know, I get to represent the Raiders. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to do that for our fans. And uh, to get to say goodbye in our stadium, uh, didn't know how what, what my next time in the stadium would be, but for it being the fourth Pro Bowl, that's a pretty good time. And Peyton Manning did him a solid as the coach of the AFC. He saved Derek Carr and his flag football quarter, his flag football appearance for the last, so that the fans in Vegas could see Derek Carr knowing he would be motivated, knowing he'd want to go out there and perform at his best. Now, Peyton said that. He said that on microphone when he was interviewed on ESPN, that he wanted to give Derek Carr this moment at Allegiant Stadium. And I'm glad he did. Because he did, as I say, give everything he had to that city, that franchise, for nine seasons. Now, the conversation around the Raiders is Aaron Rodgers. We don't have any definitive word on that yet, but you'll hear Aaron's reaction from the Pebble Beach Pro-Am where he and his partner won the trophy. How about that? And then also Devontae Adams. I'm pretty sure he's been listening. Maybe not listening, but if not listening, then definitely following my Twitter. Our reaction was the same. (laughs) I'll explain coming up. But some of Derek's teammates were interviewed on Sirius XM, NFL radio, around the Pro Bowl festivities. Of course, they were taking place in Vegas, so a lot of the Raiders are around. Max Crosby. How did you feel about the way Derek Carr was treated and the fact that he's on his way out? The whole situation was tough. Um, anytime you lose a teammate, you know, any, anytime somebody walks out the door, you have a cer- you feel a certain type of way, um, and that's the emotional part of the game. But at the end of the day, NFL is a billion dollar business, and everyone understands that. There's, I've had hundreds and hundreds of teammates. I had guys that were my boy, and then boom, I come back the next day and he's gone. And that's you know, that's the rough part about it. You know, obviously with DC is a different type of situation. He's right. a quarterback. Me and him have been boys since day one, so. Right. I have that emotional part of it. It's like, damn, they're getting rid of my boy. I'm upset about it. But at the same time, like, I have to be, like, you talk about the leadership part. 
I got to be there for my guys. We still had two games left. I'm, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. the quarterback's gone. I got to still go out there and lead by example and go out to practice and not be, you know, going half-assed because we're out of the playoffs. It is a tough part of the business, and Max makes a point that I've heard Tom Brady make in the past, and he played for a Bill Belichick who was ruthless when it came to trying to do the best thing for his franchise. As a guy who's making personnel decisions, he often ran afoul of the feelings of his players. Tom Brady would talk about being very close to particular players, and one day he'd show up at practice and they were gone. That, that is the business, but I don't know that it makes it any easier, even if you expect it, even if you know that it could happen. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. The other thing that I think is important, and, and yes, quarterback is the most impactful position on the field, as Max notes, but it can happen to anybody. If it can happen to Derek Carr, if it can happen to an elite quarterback, it can happen to you. And so it's a constant reminder that there is no real job security in the NFL. That's the tough part of the business. You know, it's, you know, life's not fair in general, especially this business. It's tough for anybody. Um, but I'm wishing him the best. DC is my boy. Everyone knows that. That's my guy. And, um, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. And I think, you know, wherever he goes, he's going to have success. And, you know, obviously for our team, I feel like we're going to have success as well. We just, you know, got to get, got to get, uh, you know, going in the right direction. Devontae Adams appeared to be having a good time in Vegas on Sunday. He was wearing a bucket hat, and he was just out there uh, chucking and ducking. In fact, he made a couple of really uh, impressive catches in the flag football game, and then one of them he shoveled to Tyreek Hill to make sure that they would get the touchdown. Uh, So it was fairly impressive right up to the point at which Tyreek got leveled by Jalen Ramsey, which I don't think is part of flag football, but it was hysterical. Uh, and then Tyree got carried off the field by one of the linemen. I didn't notice, too, the guy who snaps the ball, not always a center, by the way. They were just kind of rotating in offensive linemen. He just takes a knee. His entire job is to snap the ball and then just get out of the way. But he can't really move anywhere. He just has to stay right there. He's not allowed to block or anything like that. So, yeah, I haven't played flag football since my college days. Um, it was kind of funny to see these guys, these athletes in there, Bucket hats and their sunglasses, no pads, just running around uh, like kids. And most of them seemed as though they were enjoying themselves, including Devontae. Uh, And he was interviewed by NFL Network about Derek Carr. Remember, that's the reason why he went to Vegas. That's why he wanted to go play with the Raiders. It had been a dream of his, and he and Derek had talked about it for years. Just understand it's part of the game. You know, I don't have full control, but I do have some, so I control the things I can and the things that I can't. I just, you know, let let other people deal with those. And, uh, you know, it's not going to stop us from being really good friends at the end of the day. Still be able to mingle and see them whenever I want to, basically. So um, it's not the end at the end of the day. Maybe he won't be my quarterback, but um, still one of my good friends for life, regardless. So Devontae now has to think about a new quarterback, but maybe it's a new old quarterback. Maybe it's a quarterback with whom he is familiar. Again, wait until you hear what he had to say about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, But one more from the Raiders, punter A.J. Cole. Uh, He's echoing really what we've heard from the locker room. They all love this guy. What he's done for this organization, for this franchise, and for the two cities of Oakland and Las Vegas, um, I hope it's not lost on people. And I hope people understand the... uh, 
incredible leader and teammate he's been over the years and just the constant that he's been for this organization. I'm not sure how many people um, besides Derek and the equipment managers have been here for the last nine years. He's given the, those two cities in this franchise everything he has and I'm excited to see uh, what the future has in store for him and I know he's going to be successful and awesome wherever he is and whichever team ends up with him next year starting a quarterback, they're going to be lucky to have him. High praise from AJ Cole and I like how he points it out. It's essentially Derek and the equipment manager. So he's become intrinsic in the franchise in nine years, but that is about to change. And there are some pretty impressive veteran QBs that will be available. Guys who've been around, whether you call them journeymen or or whether they've been their entire careers with one franchise or two franchises. In the case of Jimmy Garoppolo, there are some impressive talents out there. And I don't know that you would have to pay a Garoppolo $50 million a year. I, I highly doubt it. Right? He's going to be a free agent. You've got others who could potentially be free agents. Maybe Lamar Jackson is available, though. Not if the Ravens can help it. Not if they can get a deal done. That would be their preference. A little bit of chatter around Lamar Jackson as well. Brandon Bean speaking about Josh Allen. So there's a lot. Even when they're having fun, they're still talking shop. So I don't know that we have time to do an entire QB news. I don't, I think we might be, maybe we'll do it next hour. Try to do it next hour, maybe. Although I told you the NBA is threatening to hijack Super Bowl week. So we might have to save it, but we'll work in as much as we possibly can. It was. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a neat atmosphere. I'd love to hear your reaction to the Pro Bowl games and Eli getting a water bath after leading the NFC to the win. I really couldn't even keep up with the format, to tell you the truth, but it was kind of funny to see him freezing to death in the middle of the field in Vegas. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Rodgers shifts into the shotgun. A.J. Dillon to his left. Devontae wide right. Press coverage on him. Rodgers throws the slant. He's got Devontae Adams. First down across the 35. Slanting from right to left. And brought down near the 40-yard line. Devontae Adams has just set the single season receiving record for Green Bay Packers. Surpassing Jordy Nelson on a 13-yard reception. Afatu Malafanwu made the tackle for Detroit. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams with quite a lucrative and productive connection when they played together. That goes back to January of 22. So the end of their final season together, or was it? Wayne Larravee with the call on Packers Radio. We know that Devontae Adams requested a trade to Las Vegas. He always wanted to play with the Raiders and then, of course, with Derek Carr, his college roommate and his best friend. And the Packers obliged. They actually offered him more money to stay in Green Bay, but he didn't want that. He wanted to go to Vegas, and so they allowed him to do so. They traded him to Vegas so that he could go. He played with Derek Carr. They certainly had 
a great connection. It was a lot of fun. Ultimately, though, the Raiders underachieved as a team this season. And because of that, because of Josh McDaniels and what he wants and being the new head coach, they've decided they want to move on. And so now Derek Carr is essentially waiting to be traded, though, get this, he has a full no trade clause, which means he can approve or reject any trade that is offered. And that's a lot of power. I'm sure the Raiders considered that before they decided that they would part ways with him. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. As for Aaron Rodgers, he is, I don't think, over the last four days, spending a lot of deep time in self-reflection, meditation. Nope, he's playing golf. I say golf is good for the soul, so I have no problem. In fact, I say golf is one of the best ways that you can stay active as you get older. You can get fresh air. It's a lot of fun. Or even if it's not fun, you can still laugh at yourself. That's what I do. There's trees. There's grass. There's water. I generally find all of those things. Uh, And it's good exercise, too. And so he and Josh Allen participating in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And what did you know? Aaron Rodgers and his partner, Ben Silverman, they're the ones holding the trophy on Sunday. We're the champs. That's Aaron it. Rodgers, Ben Silverman, 2023 Pebble Beach Pro-Am champs. Thanks to all the fans out there who came out, showed up, and uh, supported us. Thanks to our loved ones with us on the course, our buddies, Darius and MJ, for being great partners and uh, See you next year. Yeah, it was an amazing week. That's it. I got nothing to say. That was perfect. Yeah, man, that's it. That's it. All right. I mean, thanks, everybody. All right. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers gets his name on the wall of champions behind the first tee at Pebble Beach, which is kind of fun. Uh, other names there, as you can imagine, much more high-profile golfers. But he joins a list that includes Tiger and Jack and Arnie. So he and Canadian Ben Silverman, they hold on for a one-shot win at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, and... The conversation around Aaron Rodgers for a while may have been golf, but quickly shifted back to football. Now, that was on PGA Tour Twitter, but of course he was interviewed by CBS because this was a CBS tournament, uh, and he was asked whether or not he was hearing all the chants from fans around the golf course. I'm just going to say that the uh, predominant... Uh, team that we hear as we're walking is Raiders. A lot of a lot of Raider fans are encouraging me. A lot of Devonte misses you comments. So we're having some fun with it. Now Devonte got to play with his best friend in Vegas, but that's not happening in 2023. So Devonte, have you started recruiting Aaron Rodgers? Are you hoping for a reunion in Sin City? Duh. Why, why, would, why would anybody not do that? I mean, 100%. That's my guy, obviously, and wishful thinking, but we'll see what happens. What's your best recruiting pitch? Uh, that I'm here. Duh. I will just follow it up with a duh. But I would like to point out that last week, Jay saw this. It's true. It's still up on Twitter, A-Law Radio. There was this NFL Rumors Twitter account that – put out there in the stratosphere that Devontae Adams desperately wants to play for, uh, with Aaron Rodgers in Vegas, that he's begun lobbying the Raiders uh, to play with Aaron Rodgers again, but they're in Vegas. And my response was, duh. 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 Please, we have to keep that. That's going to be the best drop ever. Duh. Duh. <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, so uh, Aaron Rodgers playing golf, Devontae Adams playing in the Pro Bowl games, uh, seemingly on the same page. I have seen, and I'm, I don't even know if they're legit. I've seen, hey, I'm talking to people in the know. I'm talking to people connected. And these are not some of your well-known NFL insiders, so that's why I don't give them credence. Only that there are actually people out there on social media who are jumping the gun and saying Rodgers will be a Raider next year. How do you know that? First of all, Rodgers hasn't even indicated he wants to play again. The NFL community seemed 100% sold that Tom Brady was going to play again, and look what happened. Now, Rodgers may not have those extreme circumstances. It does seem like he's interested in playing again. I kind of think he's milking this for all it's worth. He just wants to go play golf. He likes the spotlight. He enjoys having uh, people wondering about what he will do. So, yeah, it does feel like he wants to play again. He was injured this year, but he's got the offseason and and no playoffs uh, to extend his season to get ready for his next year. And he's talked about wanting to play until he's 40-plus, blah, blah, blah. He also has $100 million locked up in this contract that he signed last year. So that's a lot of money to walk away from. All that to say, Rodgers hasn't made up his mind, or at least announced it. Secondly, the Packers have the leverage. Now, if Rodgers came to them and said, I don't want to play here anymore, I can imagine they would try to do a deal. But guess what? They don't have to trade him where he wants to go. If they don't feel like they're getting what they want in return from the Raiders, why would they send him there? So there's just a lot of pieces here. Rodgers doesn't necessarily have the leverage other than to say, I don't want to play here anymore. But I don't know. That seems odd to me. I can't imagine he would do that. If you're Aaron Rodgers and the the, uh, the Packers say, we want you to come back and play, we've decided not to move on, would you return? I think I would, unless you feel like the team can't win a championship, unless you feel like the team can't compete. But you know what is a lot more difficult? The AFC. The AFC West. The Raiders have a lot of pieces. Their defense has been sucky for years. They've had plenty of offense with Derek Carr. That's not been the issue until this year, of course. And the the transition was bumpy into the Josh McDaniels system. But you're in the AFC West. The Chiefs have made three Super Bowls in four years and have won how many titles? Seven division titles in a row, I think. Oh, yeah, going back to the last time the Broncos won the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are the kings of that division. How many people, raise your hand, you know who you are, thought the Chiefs were bound to be unseated this year by the Chargers and Justin Herbert and their defense by the Raiders or by Russell Wilson in Denver? Now, I know that went off the rails in week one, but still, the talk preseason was that the Chiefs were no longer the team to beat in the AFC West. Okay, so there's that. You're in a very difficult division. But also, look around your conference. The Bills and Josh Allen will be back. The Bengals, we know they'll be back. Back Back-to-back AFC Championship games. Coming within three points of reaching another Super Bowl. How about the Dolphins and the progress they've made in the AFC East? The Jacksonville Jaguars, what did they win? I don't remember now. Eight of ten? And they won a playoff game as the division winners in the South? I believe the Titans will be back. I'm just saying the AFC, which is where the Packers want to send him, it's much tougher sledding. 
think about the NFC. What did you have, like, five teams that were really worth paying attention to? And after that, there was a supreme drop-off. So if you're the Packers and you say, Aaron Rodgers, we want you to stay, shouldn't Aaron consider it? It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.